everyone and welcome back to the Life Bath podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in and can you believe that we're halfway through series one already? I've spoken to so many amazing people so far and I loved every second and I hope you have as well. And we have five more incredible people and subjects yet to come before we take a break before series two. As always, thank you to Relish Cafe in Whitley Bay, who are our lovely sponsors. If you find yourself in Whitley Bay, pop in and say hi to Mike. He'll always greet you with a smile and he roasts the best coffee. We were there on Saturday and enjoyed a coffee and a pita pizza, which you have got to try. Right, let's get on to episode five. So this week I'm joined by Helen from the blog Honestly Helen. I wanted to talk to Helen as we have been friends online for a while, but we recently met up in person and we instantly hit it off. So I knew she'd be great fun to come onto the podcast. We mainly talk about our slight addictions to our phones and all things digital and why having a break is something that is a really good idea. Also, it seems to be a slight theme of the podcast that there is a boy band chat in here as well. So keep listening and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Helen. Hi. Hi. Thank you very much for coming on the Life Bath podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I know. I'm very excited, oh, to, so excited. Uh, to have you here. I think it's going to be uh, good fun chatting. I hope so. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I followed your blog for a while, but and we've kind of been friends on yeah. on um, social. Yes. Uh, and we've uh, just sort of recently met up in, in real life, yeah. as they call it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's lovely to kind of instantly meet someone and kind of just have like an instant connection as friends oh definitely which is uh it's yeah. quite funny isn't it that like um like that's what it was like and we're kind of like twins in life <laughs> I know I think because we'd met a couple of times at some events yeah we? and then um and then we actually met properly for for lunch and just the more we spoke it was like oh my god me too oh my god me too and it was just like this is so weird like I'd always yeah. thought there were similar similarities because we're both quite little we've both got blonde hair yeah so I always knew like from online that we were the same but then yeah. meeting them we were both from Cramlington we both like know a lot of the same people yeah like, have done all like our families are quite similar it's yeah. just yeah it's really spooky yeah oh no so yeah so I'm really excited about having you here and, oh, and uh, get letting everyone else get to know you and, and, oh. and know your blog and, and, and chat about some uh, some interesting things. So um, just to kick off straight away, so yeah. what is your blog? So you call it Honestly Helen? Yes. And tell me about it. Okay, so Honestly Helen was what my mum always used to say to me when she was bereft when I was little. So she would just be like, Honestly Helen, why have you done that? Why haven't you tidied your room? So I kind of thought, and the like alliteration thing, so I kind of always, um, so I, I thought that was a cool name to go for. Um, and it is honest, it is about me. Yeah. So um, it's pretty much just a lifestyle blog. Um, I just started writing about five years ago now just about things I liked just about places I'd been or shows I'd seen or restaurants we really liked um and just started writing about them and people seemed to like it so yeah. I just kind of built on that and then did the metro tour and that sort of kind of exploded a little bit um and then so since then just been trying to just keep on writing about all the stuff I'm passionate about yeah things I like whether it's an opinion thing or whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a new face cream or, or whatever so it's just kind of whatever takes my fancy really yeah so you mentioned the, the metro tour so yeah. tell everyone about that all right well that was um basically it started some lads or men started doing it years ago and they kind of ticked off the, the top end of the tour from airport sort of to town and they'd started doing it and they were reviewing every pub and and then it just stopped and I thought it was really interesting so I emailed them to ask if they would mind if I picked it up again because I thought it was a great idea I didn't want to just pinch their idea and they never got back to me and then the site kind of died so they obviously didn't renew their um uh, their pages so me and Dave just started doing it and um, basically does the idea was you visit every pub on the metro line so the metro um, line for anyone that is listening that isn't from the northeast is like the tube isn't it the yeah exactly the underground the, 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 yeah that that's the, the train line that goes um, yeah. around uh, Newcastle and like sort of a, a small part yes. of the north the, the northeast so yeah, um, exactly so there's quite a lot of stops there is on there's that. 60 yes so Six, we, yeah we did, so you do, did that all in one day oh yeah one afternoon yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it was you know need to lie down after no um we, we took a we took about a year to do it um because wow. obviously we both work full-time as well so um we were just going out on weekends or anytime and we were dragging loads of friends along to to see um you know to get their opinions and yeah it was great so some of them but you know not not pubs I would want to <laughs> possibly frequent ever again um but I can imagine saying yeah. that 
there was no pubs that we ever felt unsafe or unwelcome yeah. or you know it's you know some of them in the sort of deep depths of Sunderland possibly weren't the your average you know they're not Harry's Bar yeah but, um you know but as I say a dead friendly yeah. you know a couple of people were we were clearly not from around there so yeah. a couple of people were asking what we were up to and kind of gained a bit of momentum and everyone was really interested by the end so it's good oh fantastic yeah, so you do have a lot of variety on the blog yes. um, and because it is lifestyle. Yep. What do you love writing about the most? Oh, it's really hard. And I was, I'd actually written a blog post about this that I can't pinpoint what takes off and what doesn't. Yeah. Some things I'll have in my drafts for months and then I'm struggling for something to write about. So I'll just tweak it and I'll just shove it out there. And it does really, really well. And there's some things where I totally labor over. It's like my pride and joy, my little baby, and then no one reads it. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, for example, I did a post this week about uh, the new Backstreet Boys album yeah. and reviewed that. That's gone crazy. Whereas I was like, who cares? Who cares <laughs> about the Backstreet Boys anymore, apart from me? Um, so that so it's just surprising. And obviously, I love the stuff I'm passionate about. So I love yeah. writing about music I love writing about food and wine and pubs and restaurants and my friends and um things like that so um yeah I like doing the opinion ones as well but they're kind of ones that I worry a bit more about because you don't want to put yourself out for any kind of criticism or you don't want to get you know sometimes your opinion isn't the same as someone else's and you know what social media is like so it's kind of yeah the world of the internet is a little bit exactly and sometimes you can't explain yourself properly you can't you know if you were sitting in a bar with someone it would be a completely different conversation yes um or you would get your point across in a completely different way but when you're writing it you've got to be super careful yeah um but I do like doing them and the ones that I do do get a lot of good responses but sometimes it's easier to write the kind of funny fluffy music you know whatever because it's safe yeah. and you know that yeah you know. but it's still something you're passionate about yeah, so it's it's, yeah, it's totally. really good so you mentioned the Backstreet Boys there I yes. think that was one of the first things that we connected <laughs> over I think on um on Instagram was uh the the joint love of yes. um of really old boy bands yes. and uh I think what was it uh the tv show uh, California Dreams oh my god yeah. yes yes because I, mean, <laughs> I had the album and I sent you the album that's right if anyone oh remembers California Dreams and you need to tweet me because uh it was a tv show back in the 90s, 90s yeah, it was yeah. definitely it was like the a Saved by the Bell type yeah. thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it but, was like yeah. the next generation of Saved by the Bell yeah. a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, and it was um just absolutely amazing. This band in California, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you sent me the you sent me the album, and it's just absolutely yes. awesome. Yeah, how sad is that? <laughs> Probably me and the cast are the only two people, and now you <laughs> have the album. <laughs> yeah. So, what is it that you love about the Backstreet Boys, and that you still have that love <gasps> so many years on? I don't know. It, what's funny, what's nice actually, is anyone. I've ever went to school with or because obviously I was obsessed with them as a teenager completely obsessed to the point where my mum and dad would go to um parent parent teacher nights and the teachers would say she talks about the Backstreet Boys too much so I remember getting in a lot of trouble with my dad for that once because it's like yeah you need to stop this obsession's gone too far so um <laughs> that's that's not good um but now even now people I went to school with if they're on telly or if they're releasing something or something shared on Facebook people will tag me in it and they obviously people just think of me when they think of the Backstreet Boys which is lovely yeah um but no I just they just were my favorite favorite band as a teenager and I just kind of never grew out of it I just always thought they were really good and um they just continued releasing music unbeknownst to a lot of people but a lot of their albums in the middle yeah I'm gonna sound like such a a loser (laughs) their albums in the middle are really good (laughs) (laughs) but like I think that's it because they have carried on haven't they because my um big boy band that I was completely mad in love with and my posters were my walls were covered in posters was five okay so I was a I was a five girl and um I was convinced that I was gonna marry Jay from five convinced (laughs) I used to tell myself well when I'm 20 he's only gonna be 28 so like even though he was quite a bit older but yeah I was like when I'm 20 he'll only be 28 and it'll be fine and we'll get married and we'll 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 be together and yeah I was I was completely in love with him but they've kind of dwindled a little bit there's Mm. there's been the odd time that I could have gone to see them at like a pub in Whitley Bay and um I've kind of been a bit like "Mm." yeah because uh Jay never came back so I think that was it for me that's it yeah it was like yeah Yeah. because with the Backstreet Boys I was a little worried because Kevin went for, Mm. for a while and I was a bit, I was a big Kevin fan. Oh, I right, was always, okay. I don't know why, I just always oh, liked yeah, the rough and yeah, ready yeah. older, the older guys. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, he was the mum's favourite. My mum was <laughs> devastated when Kevin left. <laughs> I literally could do an entire podcast oh. just talking about boy bands. Yeah, we should. I just... <laughs> 
because <laughs> I was just obsessed and uh, never as much as I don't know if anyone listened to the first episode with Chloe yeah. uh, Chloe followed boys going around the yes. country and was yeah. in so the jealous. fan clubs and yeah. everything and she had pure dedication yeah. whereas I was never really that extreme no. of a fan I think, I think I was I, very lazy yeah I think I would have if I had been able to yeah um but there's just no way I mean I you know was lucky enough to be able to go and get concert tickets and of course this is, this is gonna make me I feel really old saying this but this was back in the day where you had to ring up for concert tickets yeah, yeah. you couldn't go online you couldn't queue up on Didn't Ticketmaster exist. yeah and of course we were at school so I had my mum and dad trying to do it and then I would go into the break and use the payphone and ring my mum and check that she'd got tickets and then <laughs> she would be like oh I'm at work Helen I'm busy and I'd think oh no what are you doing <laughs> this yeah. is more important um so yeah so it's, it was really exciting wasn't it so back, like I just don't I, I Music these days, because of the internet and because everything's so accessible and so vast, like it just, I don't feel like there's that same hysteria yeah. for um, bands Definitely. as there was back then of yeah, kind of the, yeah. like, I mean, Take That was really kind of the, my first love was, yeah, uh, was always Take That. Yeah. Um, and, and still is to this day. I'm still convinced that I'm going to marry Gary Barlow one day. So, right, sorry, yeah. Tom. <laughs> sorry, Tom. But I, I am still convinced that one hey, day, you never know. one day we'll be together. <laughs> if he's but... listening, Gary, which is gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> one day me and Gary will be yes. together. Um but uh, but yeah, the, but the, these days that that hysteria doesn't yeah. doesn't reach. So I like being able to kind of nostalgically look back yeah. and um, think of the the shrine I made when yeah. Take That Split Up. And, uh... <laughs> I think as well, it's because they're not they, there's not enough there's not as much there wasn't as much content back yeah. then. So you had to just buy a weekly magazine, or yeah. you had to wait until they were on Live and Kicking, or yeah. you had to you know. Now they're tweeting all the time. They're on Instagram yeah. all the time. They've got a YouTube channel. There's con. They've I mean, it must be harder for them. Because yeah. they've got to constantly generate this yeah. stuff but back then it was it was easier i guess yeah. and for them harder for us but then so if they did a uk tour that was huge yeah. that was your one chance in maybe three or four years you would get to see them especially living up in newcastle yeah um bands didn't always come up here sometimes it was london birmingham manchester if you were lucky and then maybe a, a scotland date but not a lot of bands came to newcastle so to see them in your hometown as well was always a bit a bit of a big deal. So, yeah. You know, you, the whole school would be there. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I was in the fan club, so I got from more tickets. Oh, so. <laughs> ah, fan club. I don't even think... I don't, was I in a fan club? I might have been in a five fan club. You used to have to write away to them, didn't yes. you? And, uh, yeah. And join you, the write, you said your cheque, your £20 <laughs> yeah, cheque yeah. or whatever it was. You'd join the fan club. I remember having this idea when I was 14 that I was going to, you know, love hearts, the sweets. Yeah. So I was going to buy loads of packets of them and all the ones that were like appropriate for Nick Carter. I was going to save and I put them in like a little bag and, and tied them up with a little green ribbon because that was his favourite colour and put them, kept them in the fridge yeah. and was thinking once I've got loads and they're all like be mine and <laughs> my heart belongs to you and all of this stuff and then I was poorly one day and just ate them all <laughs> like screw you nick carter yeah, i like I you nick sweets. but i love love hearts yeah you can imagine they're trying to send them in the in the post yeah to i just thought what an idiot and you know some woman in the office is just gonna sit and eat them when she, yeah. when she gets them. there's no way nick they're getting prob- to him yeah, nick probably wouldn't so, have seen them nah, so i thought probably best in my tummy than someone else's <laughs> So one of the things I wanted to talk about um, mainly on this episode um, that I know you've written about, and, and that's why I want to talk to you because of the variety you, you write about and you, you write about really interesting subjects. And one of them was uh, your digital detox. Oh, yes. So I wanted to kind of talk quite a bit on this th- this yes. episode about that kind of, not just social media, yeah. just that reliance on, on your mobile phone yeah, and that yeah. kind of, that addiction that people, yeah. that, that, that people have with... Um, the mobile phone, digital, yeah. and all of that. Um, so, so tell me about that post and, and kind of your your experience with with doing a digital detox and what it is. Yeah, it's something I've I wanted to do for a really long time, and I thought about doing, and I thought would make a really interesting blog post. So, as an experiment, if nothing else, um, and it was getting to the point where I'd be out for dinner and my phone would always be on the table, and I would be Dave would be talking to me, and I'd be on my phone. And he knew I was half listening. So he would just, he would go on his phone mm-hmm. and then that annoyed me because then he wasn't listening to me. And yeah. then, so then he would say, well, you've been on your phone. And then we would have like a bicker about it. And then, um, so it kind of, I could see it from both sides as well. Yeah. And kind of how rude it looked. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and and I was getting really reliant on my phone. It was around the time that the um, that the Metro Guide had really kicked off, and the the Evening Chronicle had shared it. So I was getting a lot more traffic. I was getting a lot more responses. I felt I had more to respond to. Yeah, and I think that was feeding into everything. And then yeah. everything I posted, I was like checking for likes and checking my stats and. Because the the Metro tour was such a such a standalone thing mm-hmm. that it kind of appealed to so many different people. But then, if you're going to go and write about a shampoo the next week, you're not going to get the same viewership. Yes, yeah. because it's not being shared by the Evening Chronicle for a start. Yeah. but also, you know, a fifty year old who lives in Howden isn't really going to be interested. In. So, yeah. and so then I was starting to stress about the fact that I wasn't getting the stats on the stuff I was equally as passionate about. Yeah. But, um, you know, people weren't reading it. And then little things. So people I knew were starting to unfollow me on, on Instagram, particularly. Yeah. Um, it was two people, one person I worked with and one person who I'd considered a friend. Um, one had so obviously muted my stories because, you know, obviously you can see yeah. views. And she always used to go right, right to the top um, of the viewing and then all of a sudden stopped, but still followed me. And that stressed me out more yeah. than it should have because it's not someone I ever really see or speak to. It makes no difference to my daily life whether or not I interact with this person or not. Um, but that was really stressing me. And then someone I used to work with who I thought I was friends with unfollowed me. And he's a bloke and probably not my target audience. Yeah. And probably just my Instagram stuff wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really irritated us as well. But I think what I thought was more shocking was how much it irritated yeah. me and how much I dwelled on it and how much I went back through my post to try and pinpoint what had offended them so much to make them stop following or muting me or whatever. Um, and then I thought, this is ridiculous. This has yeah. got to stop. There's like, I've got people who are friends in real life. Why yeah. am I bothered about these two people that actually I never see and I yeah. may never see? And um, and I was really getting distressed. So I thought like I need to do something. I need to give myself a bit of a wake up call. So I decided one weekend to just switch all my data and my Wi-Fi off. Um, so I did it five o'clock on a Friday night to five o'clock on a Sunday night. Right. I kept sort of, someone could text me like SMS yeah. in case there was any major emergency or call me. Um, but everything off WhatsApp, emails, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything, the lot was gone. And yeah, so I went cold turkey for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so that's completely, like all of that resonates with me because especially when... I say what we do, but I know we're not these big, huge bloggers and everything, but we still are trying to build yeah. that brand and we are kind of using Instagram um, and our Facebooks and our Twitters probably yeah. a bit differently to just the sort of general populace yeah. of who we work with yeah. or our, our kind of real life friends. Yeah. So we probably do overanalyze everything. Mm. So you put an Instagram stories on and you, you want to see how many people are, are looking at it or you put a, something on and you want to get the likes because you want to to, to build it up. Yeah. And, and that's all it is, is yeah, you, you, you enjoy doing it. Yeah. But it does start getting to a point where it's affecting your life. Yeah. And it really does. And I'd, I'd love to hear from people that, that don't do this as a sort of side thing of trying mm, to mm-hmm. build a following yeah. and just do it and see whether they have the same sorts yeah, of anxieties with, around it yeah. because it's definitely something that, that, that I'm really bad with as well mm. and, and someone will unfollow us and I've had exactly the same of, of that of kind of um, people that you thought were friends would unfollow and then I just have yeah. to tell myself well, well yeah like this isn't just my normal Instagram account. Yeah. I'm trying to appeal to a certain audience. Yeah. And if that isn't you, yeah. then 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 fair enough. Yeah. Like, then I, I need to kind of leave it at that. Yeah. So I was doing pretty much exactly the same. Um, and then just having that, your phone just there as, as a crutch, isn't it? And mm, you just, mm-hmm. you're just looking through things for yeah. the sake of, of looking through yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how did you feel over those days then without having any of that um, contact? The first night was... T- was tough but was probably the biggest eye opener because it was it's that how much you just grab your phone like completely idly yeah. with, you know not even to check anything I didn't have a notification to notify me that anything was there to look at even it being in my bag so basically Dave and I went to the pub on the Friday night and then we came home and had some tea and sat and watched a film and that was it I didn't need my phone for any of that no um it was on, the speaker was on, so if it rang and it was in my bag, I'd have heard it. If there was an emergency, didn't matter in yeah. the slightest. But even with it in my bag, 
And he was all obviously winding me up. He was like, oh, check you out. How are you feeling? Are you starting to sweat yet? Yeah. And I was, I was like, do you know I am? Yeah, yeah. So, and it's, that's the worrying thing. That, yeah. So the first night was definitely tough. And, you know, and a couple of friends who knew I was doing it had texted me like SMS to be like, oh, have you fallen off the wagon yet? And I was like, oh, well, don't text me. You're not helping. Yeah. This is supposed to be for emergencies. But I was kind of that, that was almost like, I felt a bit like um, like an addict. And like yeah. if someone texted me, I thought, oh, phew, I still have a lifeline. Like yeah. I still can talk to people. And that's really sad as well. Yeah. And um, But sort of once I got over that night, the only thing that was a little bit annoying is is little things. So we were watching a film and there was a guy of an actor oh. that we couldn't remember. We couldn't remember where we'd seen him before. And it's like, what's he IMDb. Doing? Oh, so no. it was like, If you can't go on IMDb, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> supposed to know what episode of ER he was in a million years ago (laughs) yeah so yeah that so that was annoying um and then on the Saturday I want to check the metro times to see if the metros were running and I couldn't so that was annoying as well so um we rely on the internet so much don't we and I don't think because we've just because we are the millennials we kind of we're we're we have the memories of pre-internet and yep. um, we had the dial-up internet and everything like that yep. and, and the home phone. And yeah, I just, I don't understand how we survived, like how our parents like let us out of the house because it was just like, there you go, go in, into the world with no way of, yeah. of contacting anyone. And find a payphone and if it was, you're going to be late and yeah. that's what you had to do. It, that's just normal. Yeah. But like I, I, I was talking to a friend the other day and saying about how, um, I think my battery was going to die on my phone. Mm. But I mean, in this day and age, if your battery dies, you can find a charger oh, somewhere yeah, yeah. or yeah. they even have like the free charging yeah. posts and stuff now. However, the only numbers, if I know, if I didn't have my mobile phone on mm. me, is my old home number yes. that my parents don't even live at anymore. <laughs> and my my best, fran- my best friend's mum's number. That's it. They're the only two numbers yeah. that I would know. I wouldn't know Tom's number. Yeah, I wouldn't know my same. own home number. And it's just like, that my entire life is in yeah. is in this phone. Yeah. I've never thought of that. I've got songs on my phone that if I lost, I don't know how I would get them back. There's yeah. some random MP3 that I've burnt off an album years ago that yeah. I've just managed to put from phone to phone to phone that I I've, I would be devastated if I lost, yeah. but it's it could easily be lost. Yeah. And yeah, it's really worrying. But uh, yeah, when, and just Googling something and yep. just be like, oh, I'll find out. You don't think about anything really as yeah. much anymore because you just like straight to, oh, I'll, I'll it. Google it. Well, we always joke, it's the end of the pub debate. So you can't debate anything in <laughs> no, the pub because yeah. someone would just Google it and uh-huh. prove you wrong. Yeah. So it's just Oh, like... no, I think he was this. Oh, no, I think he yeah, was that. Yeah. Oh, I'll t- yeah, tell you within 30 seconds. Yeah, All right, exactly. what do we talk about now? Yeah. So yeah, no, it is. And um, so I have, have wanted to do the 48-hour right. digital detox. But um. I haven't I haven't ever done it fully mm-hmm. and I want to do it where I literally turn my phone off and put it in a drawer yep. because I'm always with Tom on yeah. a weekend and stuff and I thought if there is any emergencies people will know they'll get in touch with him yeah. and I want to be able to put it in my in my drawer and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I'm I am addicted to my phone. Um and I say that everyone says oh I'm addicted to my phone like I genuinely get anxiety yeah. if I can't check it or yeah, I'm away with work and there's not a plug next to my bed because yeah. I need to charge it overnight and but I need to be on it until I like mm-hmm. I'm just about to fall asleep. Yeah. And um it worries me that I'm I'm that addicted to my phone but I think if I look back on my life kind of getting all sort of therapy um I've always had that sort of thing so when I was younger I had like real problems sleeping and I used to get anxiety at night and I discovered night owls on on natural radio (laughs) so um that was my thing is that I always had to have night owls on um and kind of to to help me at night and then once the mobile phone came in from the age of like 16 that's just all it's been and then since the sort of the last 10 years of the revolution of the iPhone Mm. um you can do everything on your yeah. phone so it's so easy to just sit there and I'll find myself watching films and then just having to scroll through my phone and I'll I'll, I'll go on the same five apps over and over yeah, again yeah. and before I go to bed I'll just be sitting looking at nothing and that's what really sort of irritates me yeah is the fact that it's like I, I, I need it there I yeah. need it in my hand and I need to to check even if I put the sound on it yeah and I haven't had any notification yeah, whatsoever yeah. I still have to check my phone. I know. I, yeah, I'm no. I'm exactly the same. And it's that connection. It's that. I mean, I'm. I kind of always put it down to. So, Dave could not have his phone, or just have it as a really old mobile phone that you could t- use to text and se- and make phone calls, and that's it. Yeah. Um. He's not into social media. He doesn't care. He's not bothered. He f- 
feels that he has a full enough life like a normal Which is person. A really, yeah. <laughs> just the way you really um, should be. Yeah, but for me, I'm way more social. And so social, the social side of social media really appeals to me. But it's also, as you say, not to get too, you know, therapeutic about it or whatever, um, is that I, you know, was teased and picked on and bullied a lot when I was at school because we moved around a lot and I was the kid with the funny accent or I was Mm -hmm. the fat girl or I was, you know, whatever. And so now it's like that validation that I feel I never got. And to do something that not only am I passionate about, but that other people seem to like as well Mm -hmm. and think is great and, you know, share and comment on. And every time I get a comment on my blog or I get a DM from someone I don't know on Instagram or whatever, it's lovely. Yeah. it's so nice it's validation isn't yeah, absolutely, it absolutely yeah. you kind of you because i'm exactly the same um and you kind of need to kind of look into yourself a little bit more of kind yeah. of we need to realize that we we don't need that validation yeah. from people yeah we need exactly. to get that from from our own lives yeah. so like mine's different in the sense that um tom is just on his phone as much as me right. he likes to say that he isn't addicted right. to his phone as well and he'll listen to this <laughs> they're, they're the worst yeah. the ones who are in denial are the worst he's completely in denial <laughs> and i say to him that we should do it together we should do the complete mm. detox together Definitely. and he's just like what well, well, there's no point what well, like we should we don't need to yeah. he's like if it's something you enjoy doing why stop yeah. yourself from doing it yeah i'm like but i enjoy doing it but i'm probably missing out on so much like I don't read anymore I don't just sort of sit and watch something without needing to look at anything else yeah um and because he's also on his phone just as much as I am you've got haven't got that someone Mm -hmm. there going you're on your phone quite a bit yeah so we both fall into that of being out having having meals and both just being on our right. phones that we're probably that couple that people look at and go yeah. oh god they and it's just like well we've Trouble been, at home. yeah it's like we've been together 10 years yeah, I, don't, exactly. I don't have to talk to them uh, no precisely. but um but but no but it is bad because yeah. you, you go out for these lovely meals and then we'll we'll, we'll sit on my we'll sit on my phones yeah we'll we'll be talking over the phones but mm. then it's just like what why why yeah. are we doing it well one of the things i'd, I'd put in the post that i, I definitely think's true is that it, what it highlighted to me that I was only ever half doing anything. Mm-hmm. I was half watching a film. I was half talking to someone. I was half concentrating on my meals. So the only difference is when I'm at work. It, like my phone does stay in my bag at work. Yeah. Because, but that's my own choice. That's there's no no phones on desk rule or anything. I just don't trust myself. Yeah. And I don't want to be the girl who's on her phone at work all the time. Yeah. Um. So um, if I'm at my desk, to be fair, it's on there and because I'm listening to music most of the time. Yeah. But if I'm going to a meeting or whatever, people take their personal phones in all the time and it's not a problem, but I couldn't trust myself to not, if I got a bit bored or it wasn't my bit to talk about or yeah. whatever, to just start scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. And that would be the time I was asked my opinion on something and I wouldn't be listening. Yeah. And how embarrassing would that be? Yeah. So, so I am quite quite strict with with work and with meetings and stuff and trying not to um to be on my phone too much but other than that and so it's almost like I overcompensate outside of work it's like oh thank god well I I do like the the minute that I finish work um and I kind of I work from home and work remotely so it's easy for me to to be on my phone but like I work hard during Mm, the day and mm -hmm. I'm I'm on my work phone a lot and I'm doing work but I'll still get to the end of the day like at midnight and have been on my phone that day solidly. Mm. So the screen time on the iPhone, I'll tell you how long you've been on it. And I'll have been on solidly for four and a half hours that day. And I just think that's literally my phone being constantly on from finishing work, bits and bobs on lunch, like checking my phone if I've got a notification and kind of having that. And I've I've tried so many times when I've worked from home of putting my phone in the other room. Yeah. But I just, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that I can't do it. Yeah. But it's like, even it just being there and not touching it. Yeah. As long as it's, as long as it's there and I can, I can see it. Yeah. And if I want to pick it up, I can pick it up. Yeah. So, um, cause I know you said you had looked when you were researching the uh, digital detox, you'd looked at an app that told yes. you how much you'd, you'd been using your phone. Yeah, so definitely. do you remember kind of what that, what yeah, that said? Yeah, I, I seem to remember, um, if I can remember correctly, I think on a weekend, it was just crazy. It just went astronomical. I think I was on it like, like, and because what it, um, what it tracked was how often you picked up and and looked at your phone. So, but it didn't log your screen time. But it was every time you picked up and looked at your phone, and it, it was something like a hundred and twenty times in in a day. And you just think, well, there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. You know, you're talking like five, six times an hour. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that'll have not been because I had a notification. That'll have been because I'd looked at it, turned it down, put it off, and then thought, 
oh, I didn't check Twitter. Or, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Muscle memory. Yeah, that's all exactly. it is. It's just yeah, that picking yeah. it up yeah. and just having it in your hand. Yeah. So I've got my iPhone here now and um, it, it now tracks your screen time. So uh, the last seven days, which the majority of that would be is on a Saturday and a Sunday, mm. um, I have a total time on my phone um, of that this is like permanent my phone being on and me scrolling yeah. of 40 hours and wow. 16 minutes that's like a full working that's week that's a working week yeah on my phone mine would be similar that's it's just and then the Saturday and the Sunday there's literally like going up to sort of six seven hours yeah that's the entire day of just me being on my phone yeah, yeah. and it's it's worrying I have an average of 148 pickups a day Jeez. that's an average well, and most was, of them are Instagram yeah <laughs> Instagram and WhatsApp it would be Instagram it's, for me yeah. it's it's just yeah it's just crazy just looking at that and I just think what 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 on earth like just this thing like and you do get joy from it and i'm not saying that it's it's a good thing to just not have phones and like i love the technology i love how close it 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 keeps you to people family and friends that aren't um around as much as like that live away yeah and uh you you used to just be able to text or phone people Mm -hmm. but now you've got social media you've got ways of being able to send photos easily and and it is that 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 connection is is lovely but when it's just that pointless scrolling yeah it's it, and i think so many people suffer from it absolutely and i think what has what i've learned the most from doing that digital detox is you can't just do it once it's yes. not just a one-off thing because i would say i probably did change my habits for maybe i'd like to say a month but it wouldn't have been it'll have been a week at the most yeah and it did teach me a lot and it did make me realize how often I'm on my phone and how much I rely on it but then I started making excuses I started thinking well whatsapp's not social media that's just like text so I shouldn't disable whatsapp because I don't use text I use whatsapp instead and you can send pictures for free and you know and all of this and you can be in groups and all of this stuff and then I started saying well and email's not really that's not social media that's how we communicate with each other that's like a business thing so I can't get rid of email and then I was like well I can't get rid of Facebook because my mum's on Facebook (laughs) so I I need to check up and see what my mum's up to yeah Um, and it just all the excuses came and then it's like an addict it's like well I can stop anytime I want I just I just don't want it yeah so um it's definitely something I think that and and I have I'm not practicing what I preach yet because I haven't done it since but I think it's something that you should do like monthly yeah to remind yourself yeah that you don't have to be on your phone and the world doesn't stop turning definitely you don't miss anything you don't ex- exactly and I, and I want to get so I would love to to try the, the 48 mm. hour digital detox and and I, I like if I if I do it I will write about it and, and see how I feel yeah. but I just think that I need to get to a point where of having like a cut off with my phone. I would yeah, love to be at that, yeah. at that point where I can be the type of person that can put my phone down at nine o'clock at night yeah. uh, and then not pick that up until nine o'clock the next morning. Yeah. And like just do other things, yeah. like sit and like listen to music that is is just listening to music yeah. and not listen to music while I'm yeah, playing on my yeah. phone. Or it might save us some money as well because I'm constantly on ASOS. Yeah. So it's just like, it might <laughs> I actually... I know, that's a thing, eBay for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But again, it's the idly scrolling. Yeah. And I'll be watching telly. So I'm either not interested in the telly program, so mm-hmm. I need to find some more interesting stuff to watch. Yeah. Or... I'll start reading a book or whatever, or I need to find more interesting stuff to do on my phone because I'm doing, I'm only half paying attention yeah. and I'm looking on eBay or Vinted or Depop or whatever because I'm bored. It's not because I need a new dress for something or no. I need some new trainers. It's because I'm bored. So it's exactly what you say. I'm yeah. spending money when I don't need to yeah. out of sheer boredom and yeah. that's not right either. No, so. exactly. The one program that I realised of how much I was on my phone during um when I was watching TV mm. was um tidying up with Marie Kondo oh, if you've watched yes. that on Netflix <laughs> because there's so many sub- subtitles and usually I refuse to watch anything with subtitles because yeah, I'm a really slow reader so yeah, I'm absolutely. like <laughs> so I just exactly I can't do it because yeah. like the, halfway through Tom would be like did you see that and I'm like no yeah, I didn't no. and I just switch off so because I was so interested in that program yeah. It was. It made me realise that I couldn't be looking at my phone and half listening to the yeah. program. So I had to actually put it down right. and watch the and program. Read the yeah, program. And, and, yeah, and, yeah, and look at it properly. Yeah, and that's when I kind of realised. God, yeah, I am on my phone quite yeah, a lot when I'm just yeah. watching telly. Yeah, but, no, yeah. definitely. That's that. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. And, yeah. I, and funnily enough, that night when we did have uh, the Friday night and we just watched the film, I, it made me. I thought I never just sit and watch a film. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, you get the gist, and I mean, I wasn't watching, you know, War and Peace or anything, yeah. so it will have been, like, some rom-com or action comedy or whatever, so I don't think it would have been that hard to pick up the plot, but it did make me think that I never just sit and watch, yeah. and that my attention span is so low anyway, yeah. and always has been, to be fair, yeah, which I think is. why social media appeals to me, because you can flip between things, yeah. and you can have a scroll through Twitter, and then as soon as you're bored, after 30 seconds, you go on to something else, or... Um, you think of something else to do. But, yeah. I mean, it's like with everything, the amount of times I've picked up my phone with something in mind to search for and then I've forgotten. Yeah. And then, so you just look at something else so you look at Yeah, and exactly. Instead of putting it down and yeah. thinking, I'll, when I remember, I'll pick it up again. You think, oh, well, I'll check Instagram for the yeah. millionth time. But I'd love to give like tips and stuff to people listening, but I think it's a it's an individual thing that, um, that yeah. you need to kind of to see what works with your life and if you yeah. do feel at any point that not being around your phone is giving you any sort of anxiety yeah. or anything or you're wasting a lot of time yeah. just looking at nothing on your phone yeah. um then it, it probably is time to, yeah. to to get some tips from people or to to look at putting it down and, and trying to understand yeah. why that is but the technology age is just it's only going to get yeah. more and more definitely yeah i think the biggest tip i would give because one thing i did learn was that it's everything that's on your on your phone for social media. And yeah, there is the element of we've kind of got a quote unquote business to promote. So have to do yeah. certain things. I've said a lot of times that I would probably come off a lot of social media if it wasn't for my blog. Yeah. I say that, I probably wouldn't. Um, but, I've deactivated uh, yeah. Facebook a couple of times over. <laughs> yeah. like, um, I like about 11 years ago when it like first came out, I think I'd deactivated it yeah. whenever I split up with a boyfriend. Oh yeah. And it was like, like, I, was like, I right, want yeah. to remain anonymous. I'm now not going to be on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah I've but you've not... got to do the announcement as well. You're like, oh, yeah. guys, guys. guys yeah. I'm not on, I'm Facebook, not on anymore. Facebook anymore. <laughs> yeah, just so you know. Yeah, you just have to text me if you need me. <laughs> so melodramatic yeah. and then like a month later you're back yeah, on yeah. it so yeah, yeah. Not even and no that. one's noticed no yeah, one's no noticed, one, no no one noticed you left yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so the big thing I would say is that it, there's a, it's supposed to be an enjoyable thing yeah it's supposed you're supposed to go on Instagram and look at pictures you follow the people that you want to follow and the people that you want to look at you want to see what they're up to yeah so after my digital detox what I did do is I had a bit of a cull across all my social media platforms and all yeah. the people that I kind of felt obliged to follow or that I just I followed for maybe I did used to like them and but yeah. they're kind of not for me anymore um people I went to school with who I don't interact with anymore um, and I just had a look and I just thought, if I look at this picture and I think, oh, for God's sake, um, they're going. Because yeah. I don't want to see that anymore. Yeah. But then also taught me to have a bit of a thicker skin that someone might do that to me yeah, as well. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't I don't hate the person. I don't yeah. think they're a horrible person. It just your timeline can get so cluttered with the follow back and the mm-hmm. you know, trying to follow all of your mates and then all your blogging friends and yeah. all your things, you know. We know a lot of mummy bloggers and I love what a lot of them do, but I don't have to follow them all. Yeah, exactly. That's not the thing that we look at yeah, Instagram exactly. for or um you still have your topics that you're interested in um and you don't have to follow absolutely everyone and everyone doesn't have to follow you and I think as soon as you understand that sort of life gets a little bit easier when when you do this sort of uh job yes that's it it's like (laughs) if I can call it a job the Marie what's her name thing (laughs) yeah if it doesn't bring you joy get rid of it yeah exactly exactly look at does it spark joy exactly yeah Yeah. are you happy at looking at that photo if not get rid of them because yeah I did love that program Uh, Tom didn't watch it and um the other day we were clearing some stuff out and I said to him I said does that you need was didn't know whether he was going to throw something out. I said, "Does it spark joy?" You know, what what you're talking about? I said, "Does that item that you have in your hand there make you feel happy?" Yeah. And he went, "Well, no." I said, "Well, then get rid, get of, rid it. of it." Um, and then he'll have thought you was just this wise. Yeah. <laughs> I was just this almighty wise person. But I told him what it was from, and then literally on his own, a couple of days later, he was sorting something else out, and he went, "Yeah, it doesn't spark joy." No, I'm going brilliant. Like, See the teachings. I, I'm, I'm like bit... a disciple of yeah, Marie Kondo. absolutely. I'm a bit anti her because I am the messiest. <laughs> person no, I, I don't am. want to be told that I need to be tidier because I've spent my whole life with everyone telling me I don't need some woman on Netflix telling me as well <laughs> I got my mum's for that kind yeah. of advice well I'm, I'm married to a man that tells me constantly how messy I am uh, but yeah no this is another thing of what, yeah, what was so similar because definitely. I'm exactly the same but um but I, lo- I love those sorts of things yeah. so I, I bought a book I read yeah. that I've been watching but then I, d- I just don't 
action. I like throwing yeah. things away. I do that. It's the one thing yes. I do like to have a like a complete purge. But I'm mm. just I'm so messy. I'm yeah. terrible. Like really, really bad. Yeah. Well, I, I'm one of those people that I will tidy the house from top to bottom once a month. Yeah. Whereas Dave obviously puts things away <laughs> as he goes, like normal people. But yeah, yeah it's just yeah, it's just the way I am. I Tom just, likes to Hoover yeah. every day, whereas yeah. I'm like, no, oh, you you can't see anything. And have then... you ever seen there's um John Richardson, the comedian, does a um a skit about everyone in life can be categorized as either a lever or a putter so you either put things away or you leave things so it's yeah. like dave said she, he's like you are a lever i am <laughs> you definitely leave everything yeah. everywhere yeah and I the do. putters just follow the levers going oh put this away and put this away yeah. <laughs> i just literally said spend my entire life just saying yeah I'm, I'll, I'll do it in a minute yeah. i'll do it in yes, a minute i'll do it in a yeah. minute <laughs> <laughs> which drives the people in our lives yes. absolutely crazy yeah. but yes. another reason why we're twins <laughs> So slightly carrying on with the social media side, you did also yeah. do a post about Instagram versus reality. Yes. So this is a, t- a subject that I cannot make my mind up on. Yeah. One day I'm like, um, no, you should only be putting amazing, happy pictures on Instagram. Yeah. And then the next I'm like, no, everything should be real. And I just, I can't decide yeah. what I actually think it should be. Yeah. So what's your opinion on that? Well, I'm the same, really. I have... The whole point of the um, the post is that I had caught wind that someone that I know quite well had been saying behind my back that I had been flaunting my lavish lifestyle on Instagram. Um, so that's now a hashtag of mine, flaunting my lavish lifestyle. Yeah, of um, course. So we'd been on holiday to Thailand, me and Dave, and it was a holiday that we'd saved up ages for. I'd gotten a promotion at work. You know, as we don't ever really go away in January, so this was a real treat for us. And of course, you're in Thailand, there's cocktails by the pool, there's, you know, we're on a holiday. And that had sparked this person to say that I'd been flaunting my lavish lifestyle, Um, which probably says more about them than it does about me, really. But it did make me think that it, the way I look at it overall, and there are obviously other issues because there's bullying and there's people living up to unrealistic expectations and Photoshop and things like that, which is, you know, we can get onto, but... To me, it's like in the 80s and 90s when you had those photo albums that you would look like encyclopedias on the by your fireplace. You didn't take photos of things that made you unhappy. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, you know, you, the thing that I put in the blog post that my dad killed me for is that um, there was a time when we went on holiday to India and I got a tummy bug and to put it mildly, it was firing out both ends. <laughs> I didn't take a picture of that and I didn't put it on Instagram because I didn't want everyone was to know. Was that an Instagram no. story? Was no. that not? <laughs> it's not something I want to remember, let alone want the world to know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... So you are going to put the nice pictures of, course, of that trip. Precisely. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the way I put it in my head, that it's a highlights reel. Yeah. It's not, you know... I'm. We probably shouldn't filter the stuff the way that we do when I mm-hmm. can't say that I haven't gotten rid of an eye bag every here or there yeah. or a spot or whatever. Like, I get that. But if I'd been able to do that on old photographs, I'd have done that as well. So yeah. that's more a vanity thing yeah. than a than yeah. an Instagram thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there is a more serious issue with, you know, people having, a, you know, feeling they have to live up to other people's yeah. um, expectations. But I think we can't, stop people posting what they want to post or if that's their life then that's their life I think what's more important is educating people to remember that it is just a highlights reel yeah it's not this isn't every minute of every second of everyone's day exactly um and people don't have to post the bad things just yeah. because they're posting the good things exactly people need to yeah, to yeah. just if you get in your mind that that not everyone's life is perfect and everyone yeah. has their battles and um and i have the same my instagram you look at my instagram and it's holiday photos yeah. we we went to mauritius yeah. for our honeymoon it was amazing but my sister got us a really really good deal and, yeah. and we saved for a hell of a long time yeah, for yeah, it yeah. it's not like all of a sudden i've just gone oh tom let, let's go to mauritius tomorrow yeah exactly and like yeah. it, 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 it people work hard and they yeah. save up and and, and and we have a holiday every year. We we don't have kids. Yeah. That's where that's where our money goes yeah, to. Same. And yeah, I exactly. like 
having my ridiculously posy pictures that yes. Tom hates taking yes. on some old sets of stairs in yes. Croatia. Like yeah. that, I, I love doing that. And if that makes me look like I'm trying to flaunt that I've got this lovely, lovely holiday life. Yeah. But it's hard. Like, yeah. you, you're not, I'm not going to put a picture of like me and Tom having an argument halfway up a mountain yeah. because I've asked him to take another photo and he's, exactly. he's, he's walked off. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, oh, this is a, a picture of like me husband kicking off about having to take a picture because I am actually being really irritated. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> not his fault I am actually being really irritated no, precisely like you're not gonna you're not gonna put that on exactly and, and people need to, to to see that is that it is just just it should be fun and it should yeah. just be looking and it's not there to say look at what my life's like no exactly and, and when I look at yours for example because when you were in creation last year it was amazing and all your outfits were amazing and just yeah you absolutely nailed your holiday um, <laughs> style um, but like I'm happy to see those I think yeah. isn't that lovely that's a lovely picture and they both look great and she's drinking red wine again and it, do you know what I mean it's again, like again and again again <laughs> again <laughs> wow it's 10 o'clock it's- in the morning Kel come on (laughs) but yeah Yeah. and it's like and this is again with the followers and not to worry about who follows you and and what they think because if someone looks at your Instagram and thinks oh there she is flaunting her lavish lifestyle I don't want someone like that following me unfollow me then just don't like if you don't get that this is Mm -hmm. the highlights and you know you don't want to see the tantrum I threw when I was wearing a skirt and it was hot and I had really bad chub rub and I had to buy some (laughs) talcum powder from a really dodgy Thai supermarket to try and get rid of it like come on it's you know and I I think I write about enough stuff like that that I'm honest enough that people know yeah that I'm not this glamorous world traveler or have this amazing you know lifestyle I've got I get bile acne I get you know I worry about my weight yeah everyone's got real life so and Facebook I mean obviously Facebook's been around the longest in that respect and and it was like that back in the day of like the beginnings of Inst- uh, Facebook was your your album uh, yeah, like at the end of yeah. then on a Sunday night you'd upload your album yes. from the weekend yeah. and it was all your party pictures yeah. and no one complained then no it would just be like oh there's your album from a holiday yeah. like cost 2007 yeah. these are all my cost 2007 <laughs> you can only upload like 200 at a time yeah. and it's like... <laughs> so but yeah that was the same sort of thing Definitely. but because Instagram's so instant mm-hmm. and it's it's there and it's it's in the palm of everyone's hands yeah. now. Um, it is easy to get caught into... And I I'm, I can sit here and, and yeah. spout about how you should just look at it like that. And there's, I, there's people I follow on Instagram that I'm just like, oh, I, wish I, yeah. I wish I could... I wish I didn't have to also have a full-time job yeah. and I could do this and I wish I had them clothes and I wish I yeah. was that slim. And, and it's very easy to fall into that, yeah. but that's where you come back to that digital detox of just kind of stepping back yeah, from the definitely. world of the internet yeah. and and trying to to just realize like this it's just a fun place to be yeah. and that's what it needs to get to and I've, that's what I wanted to start doing with my Instagram is because I was I was getting myself so stressed yeah. with those like being in um, Croatia being in Montenegro mm. there were so many pictures that I loved but yeah. they were all uh right can you take a picture here and I'm going to stand mm. here and I'm going to mm-hmm. do this and um I got to a point where I didn't have anything to post or I didn't feel like I had a really nice picture yeah. and I was getting myself worked up about it yeah. um instead of just posting a fun picture that yeah. I've taken um I kind of had thought I've built this brand and I'm mm. trying to get mm-hmm. followers and Instagram needs to look a certain way and yeah. I need to have a theme and yeah. um it's it, it doesn't need to be so yeah. now I'm like right I still I love editing photos and because yeah. I love fo- photography mm. but I edit them just for the colors yes. I don't yeah. l- look at edit them for to make myself look skinnier yeah, or yeah to like yeah. do anything like that but I'm the same like I've got oh, I'd get rid of that spot no yeah. one needs to see that and yeah I think everyone has an element of that because it is just a vanity thing it's not wanted to anyone else to see it yeah it's exactly. for yourself yeah, yeah um but yeah you kind of um I enjoy doing that side of it but I just now I'm just going to post pictures because I enjoy them pictures. Definitely, And yeah. that, I think and that's what more bloggers also need to do. Definitely, To yeah. take the pressure off because that means you're genuine. Yeah. Well, I think you'd hit the nail on the head before when you'd said that sometimes it can go too far the other way as well with people feeling they have to be super real mm-hmm. um, to combat the kind of falseness. Um, and I think the fact that doesn't help Instagram is that you can so heavily filter pictures and edit pictures and stuff. So it kind of, even though it is a highlight reel, it, it in some cases it can be a heavily edited highlight yeah. reel. 
reel. So it's not a real highlight reel. It's yeah. a fake highlight reel. So I get that there's sort of ins and outs of, of that kind of issue as well. But for example, just this last week, we were, um, we've both been off work because um, we just were using up some annual leave before um, the end of the financial year. And um, we, I'd had a really, really bad dream the night before. We'd had a couple of glasses of wine and I had a really bad anxiety dream. Um, and I, so I woke up feeling really out of sorts. I went, took myself off to the gym, which which helped a little bit, but I was still kind of feeling a bit like tense and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of beer fear thing when yeah. you've had a bit too much to drink the night before and just kind of feeling a little bit jittery. So Dave was like, well, come on, we'll go for a walk. We'll go for a walk in the fresh air. And we went to Thornley Woods and it was great. And we mucked around and just was just silly. And we took nice pictures through the sculptures and stuff. And and then I posted some pictures, but I put this big, long thing of saying, I had an anxiety dream last night and this is why I went for a walk and, yeah. you know, the fresh air is so good for you and hashtag mental health and all of this. And I thought, actually, I, I shouldn't have felt I had to put that. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is we were off work and went for a nice walk in the woods. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. And I could have just put a picture to say that. Yeah. But I kind of felt I had to... Be a bit more be real. Be a bit more real. Yeah. And so it's it's getting that balance and I yeah. don't get it right because yeah. I do think I go so too far the other way as well. And, yeah. Um, you know, I and then is that too much? And then do people think, oh God, she's bleating on about anxiety again? And That's the problem, like, isn't it? <sighs> you, you get told to talk about mental health and yeah. anxiety, but then... On the flip side, people go, "Oh, she's just—is this is all she, oh, she's about? Yeah, yeah, is it? Is this retention? Is yeah. this?" And that's—it's so hard yeah. th- th- this day and age, and we need to talk about mental health more. And, and yeah, that's kind totally. of the, the the point of this podcast and yeah. kind of getting people to to talk about their lives and opening yeah. up about things. Um, but it's it's just just getting it right for for each individual and not feeling that's like it. you you have to talk about yeah. it if you if you personally don't feel like you yeah, need to. Exactly, you're not. Yeah trying to impress anyone else or yeah. do anything else for any yeah. for, for, for people so yeah. um yeah it's a, it's a bit of a minefield yeah. social media i think with that that particular post because we'd been away for dave's birthday and we're sitting in a lush hotel and i posted a bit about that and then we'd been out to a comedy night and i posted a bit about that part of me was worried about this flaunting my lavish lifestyle so yeah. i thought well i'll tell the truth on this one that it's not just even though i'm off work and it's brilliant you know there are things that make me feel and but then you don't think god am i just being ungrateful like oh she's off work and she's still not happy and it's like yeah so you'll never win because yeah. there'll always be people who think one thing or the other and I, I don't think anyone will ever get the balance right but yeah. it's it, it is a shame that people feel that they have to be quote-unquote real and it might not come naturally to them or yeah. they might be putting out um a, a, a flaw or a um something they're not quite comfortable with yeah and they're not ready to talk about it but they yeah. feel they have to so that and that's not right either yeah. so and it's kind of it's, it's getting away from the internet as well in the sense that um speak to the people in your real life yeah. if you if you feel like that like you spoke to um your husband and, and yeah. you he was able to help you through that anxiety mm. and that was that that was the most important person because yeah. you were talking about it yeah you don't have to talk about it online yeah. as long as you're having the conversations in real life exactly. about the way that you're feeling and you're getting out yeah any worries or anxieties yeah. that, that, you, that you have yeah definitely so you have discussed in a few uh, blog posts about um, depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, and I like the angle on one of them that you discussed about music helping you yes. um, through that. Yeah. So kind of tell me about your sort of situation with depression and anxiety. Yeah. So it's something that it's like with everything. There's a um, there's a really great um, quote from Gary Barlow, actually, funnily enough, mm-hmm. um, which I, th- I was meant to write down and bring because it's one of my favourite quotes. It's, and it's about when he had depression and anxiety, yeah. um, obviously, when Take That Split Up the first time. And he's saying that it's like, you can look back on everything with rose-tinted glasses and it's easy to say, oh, things went that bad here and there. But actually, in the moment, in that time, it's shit. Yeah. But you don't know why. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. That that quote, I'll, I'll find it and, and send it on to you. But it's um, that, to me, summarizes what my experience with um, depression was. Because I didn't know I had it until someone told me I had it. Yeah. Um, I just knew that I wasn't right. So I was in a job I wasn't particularly happy with. For no real reason other than I'd outgrown the role and I wasn't really getting much job satisfaction from it anymore. Um, my best friend who lives in America would come over for um, the week and we didn't really do anything. We just hung out. We went to the pictures. We went out for dinner. We went to the pub. We went shopping. All the stuff we can't really do because we live so far away. And then when she left, I was just like, 
I just missed her loads and it highlighted how little I get to see her and how little we get to do those just fun girly things. And I think that was the the spark of it. Mm-hmm. And I was just down and but I couldn't pinpoint why and I was just crying all the time and I was just unhappy and nothing Dave said made it right and I was gotten worried I'd I'd started to develop very very slight varicose veins I'd had it in I got it in my head that I had a blood clot in my leg because I'm only 33 I shouldn't have you know um 33 at the time and uh you know I shouldn't be getting um varicose veins even though my mum was like yep that's I've had them and my mum had them and you know they're yours for life now (laughs) Um, and I just wouldn't accept it so I went to the I went to my GP I went to a couple of GPs they all said varicose veins I wasn't happy with that so I went to a third GP and she'd obviously seen that I'd been to two others that week um about these varicose veins and she said well I think it's this but if you think it's a blood clot, this is the list that we go down to check if it's a blood clot. There's a nine point thing mm-hmm. and you have to tick like five of them and this is the list and you don't take any of them. So I'm satisfied it's not a blood clot. So I was like, all right, okay, that's fine. And then she just before I left, she was just like, is everything else okay? And I just burst into tears because it was the first time anyone had asked me that. And I was just like, actually, no, I'm just really shit at the moment. And yeah. I don't really know why. And so I just talked to her for ages about it. And then she'd uh, wanted to put me on medication which I didn't want to because, as she said, it was completely ironic that I was nervous about taking medication to stop me feeling nervous about things. But, um, yeah, I didn't want to rely on medication for anything. So I just got referred to, um, uh, like, talking therapy. And mm-hmm. what shocked me is that when I went to see him, he was like, oh, so my, your GP tells me you're depressed or you've got depression. I was like, oh, she didn't tell me that. <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought it was anxiety. But, yeah, apparently it was clinically yeah. diagnosed as, yeah. as depression. Honestly, I've never felt like it before. And thankfully, touch wood, I've never felt like it since. But it was just such a dark place. It was like the only way I can kind of describe it is that physically the world felt dark. And I know that sounds super dramatic and really, you know, needy or whatever. But that is what it felt like. Nothing made me happy. No, No one could say the right thing. I was just losing, losing control of things at the drop of a hat and trying to pinpoint one thing that was making me so unhappy and it wasn't mm. I started questioning my marriage yeah which is awful yeah and Dave was getting upset because he couldn't do anything to help yeah and it got to a point where we were both like yeah we need you need to sort this out you need yeah. to help about this because this isn't healthy yeah um and yeah and from what seemingly something that sparked that just my friend had been and, and left but I think there, there must have been the bigger things yes bigger issues but more things I was unhappy with and that just kind of pushed me over the edge but, yeah um, yeah so that was yeah that was a bit crap yeah but, uh, so so what was the so in the blog post you mentioned uh was it Alanis Morissette yes. song yes so what was the story so behind that she's got a song called um thank you and uh it's a song I've loved for, for years and years since it came out and it's all all the, I remember this I was on the bus um from work uh, in a town and it came on and just every single line in that song just resonated with me at that time so it's about stop being so hard on yourself um stop overanalyzing things kind of you're your own worst enemy sometimes all of this every single line I was just yeah. like oh my god it was like the clouds parted and the sun came down and yeah. I suddenly kind of saw the light and kind of got it and mm-hmm. the to just I needed to help myself and I needed yeah. to get myself out of it and yeah so that was a that was a big change that yeah. was a really big change for me um so yeah that's that help and it's, it was one of those things I do have a theory with music actually when you're down and I've used it with breakups in the past yeah that if you're down and you find this song that you just love and so for whatever it is that's making you really down whether it's a breakup or a bereavement or you know anxiety depression whatever for that four minutes you just forget and you're just lost in the moment listening to the song singing along whatever you'll find that you listen to that song constantly Mm -hmm. but as time goes on you'll be listening to it less and less because you don't need it you don't need that escape so I've got a whole album worth of songs that I've had in the past my go-to songs yeah um that um that Alanis Morissette song being one of them um but it's nice to have them to go back to yeah and just if you want that just sheer escapism just from your own head sometimes yeah um and music is absolutely like that I mean I'm if I'm not in someone's company I'm plugged in yeah I've got music on 
all the time. I'm the same. Yeah, we are like I've I've always got it on in the house. I've always yeah. got my earphones in in the car. Constantly got it in because just everything you said there completely resonates with yeah. me as well. And um, yeah, it was it's the same with me of of just having them certain songs that you can kind of just get lost in, and, yeah. and it helps you kind of for that that four minutes to yeah. to kind of forget everything that's going on in the world yeah, and. Yeah. So the the talking therapies, do you felt like that that really helped? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it was. I, I kind of at this point, I'd gotten to the bottom, or we'd gotten to the bottom of what the issues were. I was unhappy at work. Um, I was unhappy with my weight at the time, so I needed to be a little bit healthier. I was probably drinking a little bit too much. Um, so kind of cut that back as well. Um, like making small changes, but it's more techniques. So <laughs> to one of the things they found out that I did is that I'm a catastrophizer so I don't apparently people with um depression and high anxiety can kind of be split into a couple of categories you either worry about something that's happened or you worry about what's going to happen yeah um and I definitely worry about what's going to happen I create situations in my head that haven't even happened yet get myself so wound up about them catastrophize them yeah you know but if this happens then this will happen then this will happen then this will happen then I'll be unemployed and then the world will explode and then yeah exactly yeah then you'll be sorry yeah um that no one listened to me but uh, (laughs) I'm both so Uh, it's probably that's that's why I'm such such a basket bless you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no it's uh but it's good that that, that talking therapy has helped that way because because um I think medication is 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 good uh, Mm -hmm. for 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 the right people um and I think it can be that sort of chemical imbalance that 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 um medication does help even out yeah um but uh but yeah talking i think especially to to the right people and, yeah. and having that that person that is completely impartial yeah that doesn't know anything about your life yeah that isn't gonna judge you that yeah. isn't gonna say oh well well what about this and what about yeah. i know this about you yeah and so and so said yeah, this exactly. so that doesn't sound true and, yeah yeah exactly so so it's 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 fantastic that you were able to get yeah. out of that by yeah. by by doing the, the talking because some yeah. people kind of will be like Oh, talking therapy, like what's, uh, what I've yeah, got nothing to yeah. say, but I think you surprise yourself when you actually go of, of how much you talk about. Yeah. And, and the fact that you kind of, you solve the problems yourself. Yeah. You, they don't give you the answers. They don't say, all right, well, this happens. This is what you've got to do. They talk through it as you know, the name suggests, but they talk through it and make you come up with the solutions yourself, which yeah. I think is really good because then you kind of feel that it's, you've come up to a decision that works for you yeah. rather than them say, well, this is what everyone has to do yes. and it might not work for you. It, you know, but it might do for someone else. So for example, with the catastrophizing, what he was telling me was that every time I catastrophize something, say it to myself, but is that the end of the world? Yes. And that's my phrase. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, oh, but then this would happen and then I might get made redundant and be like, yeah, but is that the end of the world? Yeah. But, and is that the end of the world? Yeah. And of course, of course it's not. Because yeah. unless something absolutely terrible happens, yeah. you know, then it's not. And yeah. you'll bounce back from it. And It is. It's, um, I've got... Um, people that I've known that have had like obsessive compulsive disorder Mm, mm -hmm. and that sort of obsessive thoughts of like well this is going to happen and you've kind of got to say right okay Mm. then what say that 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 is that that happens then yeah that happens then what yeah Yeah, that's true then so what yeah and it's um it it is it's that that kind of going through that and being like right this is the worst possible thing yeah but like let's talk through that and make that real and be like right well so what what say let yeah Unless it's a sort of major life event. Absolutely, like, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. Another one that stuck in my mind was that he was talking about, because um, I worry a lot about what people think of us, friends, colleagues, bosses, whatever. You want to, obviously, you want to be seen as a nice person. You want to know you're doing a good job, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I think it was just, we were talking about work and I was talking about managers and bosses and stuff. And I was saying that I have this overwhelming urge to do things right the first time and obviously I care about what they think Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of because I'm so focusing on pleasing them I'm probably not doing the job properly and then that means I do do things wrong which means I'm not pleasing them and it's this kind of vicious cycle and then he started talking about previous employers that I'd had and I used to work for a guy um, at Newcastle University who was a professor and he was saying there'll have been one point in your life when pleasing him was the most important thing yeah and you've moved on from that because you don't work for him anymore. Yeah. So everything's just fleeting. It's only important at the yeah. moment. And in, in a month's time, in six months' time, and, and you know, you'll say, do you see yourself in this job in 10 years' time? Yeah. No, I don't. Well, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not saying don't do a good job. Yes. And don't strive to please your but bosses. But worrying. it's just don't worry. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, you can't, you'll worry yourself into, into bad habits. Yeah. And I don't know if you 
have this issue as well because I'm quite an outgoing person mm. like I'm in social situations yeah. I probably talk too much because of feeling nervous yeah. but I come across as a very confident we'll yeah. talk to anyone oh, sort same. of person yeah definitely um but I am um, get terrible social anxiety after the fact right so people will get a social anxiety and it'll stop them from going out or yeah. it'll stop them talking to people yeah, yeah. but for me um I'll, I'll talk talk to anyone i'll walk up to any person on the street i'm the one out with my friends that if you see a celebrity i'll, I'll go straight over right. and talk to them <laughs> i'll go and get a picture with yeah, them yeah. don't care yeah. however i then internalize everything and that's probably something that people yeah. don't realize about me is that i'll then get home and repeat every conversation i've had that mm. night yeah. and worry oh this person thinks i'm this, this person thinks i'm stupid or oh, i talk too much there yeah, or yeah. i said too much this and i used to do it with like ex-boyfriends as well right. of kind of you'd, you you would just constantly be like oh they think that i'm i'm stupid because i've said this or said that and Aww. and you have that kind of that that internal worry yeah. but because you're an outgoing person i don't think people really understand that definitely yeah. um when you kind of it's like a there was a a, a post I, I once saw on the internet and it was like being a high functioning anxiety like oh, yes so, yeah, sort of yeah. like so you just because, keep it really well yeah hidden. because yeah, people don't yeah. people don't realize yeah. how anxious you're actually feeling yeah. because you you are an outgoing person they think yeah, oh well yeah. you, you you can't have anxiety or you know, social anxiety yeah. because you, you'll talk to anyone and you'll yeah. be really outgoing yeah but um but yeah that's kind of one thing that i'm really bad with is that kind of internalizing of like uh, oh god well what happens if they don't like us or what happens if i spoke mm, too much and mm-hmm. someone i think it was like a manager at work once said to me um do you like everyone and i was like no, I'm really bad at like like being like so oh, judgmental. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, no, of course I don't I like hate everyone. Most people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like humans. Like, of course, like like put me with a, a load of dogs and yeah. I'm fine. I was like, I was like, well, no, I don't like everyone. Yeah. Like, so if you don't like everyone, yeah. why do you expect everyone to like you? Yeah. And I'm like, that kind of really resonated with us yeah. in the sense. I just thought, well, yeah. Like, I, why am I trying to get this this um kind of acceptance from yeah. people so much? Yeah when you yeah, don't kind of dish I'm, out your yeah, acceptance exactly i'm yeah, not i'm yeah, not the exactly. one so yeah. uh yeah. so yeah it it, it, it yeah. is hard and um yeah that kind of uh social anxiety yeah. and things people have said that to me but then when people say do you like everyone I'm like, no of course i don't so why should everyone like you well obviously <laughs> yes but i want everyone I to like want me everyone to like me but i don't have to like everyone else <laughs> why does it have to be fair <laughs> yeah you like me but i don't yeah, have, I to, have like to like you, you. that's the way it goes exactly my ego is that big <laughs> but no thank you so much for um kind of uh, talking today and i love just chatting and um You're i hope welcome. people have enjoyed listening of, and yeah, kind of um things that, that that we've talked about that they also kind of go through and um anyone just to sort of tweet us and yeah, um and, and yeah. get in touch and and let us know what you liked about our chat today so thank you so much no for problem. um for joining me thank you for having me Well, wasn't that a fantastic chat? I loved talking to Helen. Me and her get on so well and it is really refreshing to find someone that you don't really know and to instantly hit it off with them and be great friends. So thank you so much, Helen, for coming on. I really, really enjoyed that. And I really hope you did too. So let me know and uh, let me know if you also feel like you want to do a digital detox and if you have a slight addiction to your phone like me and Helen have. But that's it for another episode. So just down to the thank yous. So thank you to Tom from TMH Sounds for editing and producing this podcast. And also to Bradley Parsons for doing the music. And you'll find Bradley on the website Fiverr. So thank you very much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye.